I'd like to welcome everybody to the Coaches in the Mouth pod. This is Coach Jeff Williams along with Coach Bray Cooker. Man, the mouth is on assignment again. He's gone. I, I, I think the guy's off the cliff a little bit. I, I really do. He's he got some he gas was, mileage. Yes, I talked to him. He was uh, on his way up and something about uh, his medication or something. And, then, you know, he had to take a nap. And I sure. told him, you know, if you don't show for work, we're not going to pay you. And That's so, you know, it's one of those deals, but we need him. We do, man. What big news this week? I mean, you know, we last Saturday, we always get the hogs right now, which we're going to get into. We got a special guest. We're going to bring on, uh, seven to three against, uh, Mississippi state of a, a, a bad Mississippi state team. You can say whatever you want to. And, you know, defensively, it was probably one of the best performances I've ever seen us have. And, Matter of fact, they just decided to win it themselves, and Mississippi State can't line up, and then we end up losing the game. And then it comes Sunday with the firing of Dan Enos, and so you know, Bray, we're going to just go ahead and bring our BSN guest on right now and get you two's perspective. We're bringing on a former Arkansas linebacker Brooks Ellis, who's a team captain. What a great player he was! But you know, I hate this. I'm sitting by two guys that. Uh, Cost me state championships, both of you. I think you may you did three times, and Bray you did it did it once. I, I it's just it's hard to be in the same room with you guys, but I'm gonna bear bear with it for a while. But let's get let's get off that. Nobody cares about that. So let's go, with you Bray, and then we'll hit yep. with Brooks. I mean, let's let's kind of let's get into the, the Enos fire. I mean, let's just start this. Let's start that over. Let's get into the performance, the seven to three performance. And the biggest thing I don't want to do is the defense was outstanding, and I don't want to take the spotlight off their performance, but offensively was as bad as I've seen in a long time. Well, that's what's that's that's what's tough is I think as a fan to look at. You know, you the week before you go to Tuscaloosa and you walk away losing that game by three points, and then you come out against this team and. And, this, and you see this. So very disheartening. Um, obviously, the guys um, just didn't seem very motivated out there to win a ball game um, at home, which is it's tough to see, you know, as a former player. It is. And, Brooks, I'm going to throw this at you. you. As a defensive player and, you know, as a coach and a player and everybody's all that part of it, when you're fighting a fight over there, and, you know, the old saying is, is when the offense keeps going three and out, hey, can we at least get some water in them? You know, and having to go out there and battle, and those guys have done it week after week. It's not just week after week, series after series, play after play, knowing they're not getting the help or not the execution on the side on that side of the ball. As a defensive player, you know, what was your mindset if you're going through that situation? Hey, you know, can we kick a couple field goals? You know, we're going to hold them to seven. What was what would be your mindset? What would be your thoughts? If you're in that situation. Yeah. I mean, you're almost just like, just do something. Can we get something going? Just move the ball, stay on the field just a little bit longer. I mean, but I mean, looking back to our days, it was, it was almost like it was flipped. So like we were, we were getting points ran up on us and the offense was having to stay in games by scoring all these points. Like look at Ole Miss. I mean, all those games were, you know, high scoring games and, and the, the offense had to, to, um, you know, pull the, you know, carry, carry the, carry the car a little bit hard, uh, harder and, and with more energy than, than what we were pulling with. And so, um, you know, you just, you, it's a team sport. 
if one team, one uh, side of the ball is not pulling their weight, then the other team has to, you know, has to do their part and, and step up. And um, it, it's, you know, and sometimes that's just how it goes, right? Sometimes, you know, like you're, you're playing your butt off and everyone's doing well. And you, and you like, you really feel like if the offense was doing, doing their part, you know, this could be a blowout. This could be the, one of those games, but you know, it's a, it's a team sport. And so you have to, um, it's a team sport and you have to, um, you know, keep going and keep fighting regardless of what the other side is doing. Well, and that, that makes perfect sense. And yeah, the other killing blow to me is like, you know, heck they, the defense just said, heck, I'm going to win it on, we're going to win it ourselves. You know, they mm -hmm. pick up the fumble and go in and then, you know, the, the penalty and the, I mean, there's nothing go, going right. Well, we go through that part of it, and it comes out uh, Sunday that, did, you know, Dan Enos has released his offensive coordinator, and, you know, that's been kind of swirling around here or there. But you kind of look on the staff, there's not a lot of guys with experience calling plays mm -hmm. at any level there. And uh, what was your take? Because both of y'all have been in the room with Dan, know him pretty well, and, and you've watched it, and you kind of, you know, got to separate yourself a little bit in the performance and and coach Pittman in his press conference uh, it was Monday was I mean about as open as a football coach I've ever seen just really telling the truth and, mm -hmm. and that you know this he talked about the motivation and the spirit to play and and you know I think as coach sometimes once you lose them like that it's hard to get them back what, what was your thoughts the first thing you thought when you heard about Dan getting released I mean Watching the press conference and, and obviously yeah, hearing Coach Enos uh, being let go, um, Coach Pittman was genuinely upset about how, how things are going. And it wasn't just a cover my butt kind of situation. It was a, man, it didn't work out. We had to make this decision. But we really, we, st we still want to make this work. It's not like he's given up. And it's not like they're in a spot where it's a guy who's just getting paid to be up there and coach. It's a guy who truly loves this team in this state. And you've got to appreciate where he's at now as far as how much he cares about the program and how far along he has brought in this program. I think we cannot forget where we were and what we've been the last two, three years. And just because we hit a speed bump doesn't mean the whole thing is thrown out the window. I mean, I think that we've got a guy who cares, um, who's going to make the difficult decisions, like he, like he just did, um, that we have to make to go to move forward, and um, that's what you have to appreciate is that the guy at the top um, at least cares about what's going on, and um, you know, a new opportunity for for a guy to come in and get his shot con plays in the SEC, and uh, that's got to be an exciting thing for him and for the team, and I'm sure the guys will, uh, you would hope, would rally around that opportunity for him, and then that. It's going to be determined by the relationships that he's made since he's been here. And if those guys care about him and, and what, what he has in front of him, they're going to go out and play hard. And so that's what I'm interested to see. They've got the bye week. They've got two weeks to prep um, and, and change whatever it is they need to change. Um, but those guys will buy in if they really care about what's going on. And at Florida, is a tough place to buy into, but uh, I'm excited to see how this team responds in the swamp. Well, and I think he kept talking about his press conference, you know, cutting the volume down. So I and mm -hmm. mentioned in tempo. So I think you're going to see more tempo RPOs. Brooks, what was your reaction? I mean, if you will follow the Razorbacks a lot, you probably wasn't shocked, but, you know, you just never know how those things, no one going in a bye week and then the performance. But what, what was your first reaction? 
Man, I wasn't I, it, as much as I hated it for for Cochinos. Um, I think it had to be done. I, I just for a couple of weeks now, I've seen the life on the offense just completely be wiped out, and there's no spirit, there's no life, there's no energy. Um, leaders aren't stepping up. There's no, there's no, um, the, the, like the passion and the care is just completely wiped out of the, the offense. And I don't know where that starts. And it may start with the, it may start with the head coach. It may start with um, the offensive coordinator creating too difficult of plays, or it's too complicated for the for the team, or maybe it's not the right personnel for the team. Whatever it is, that was the case. Like so, we, I mean, we saw the end result, and it wasn't working out. So I think a change needed to, uh, to needed to happen. Um, hopefully this change can spark some life into the leaders on this team and, um, and they begin to put more effort into learning the plays, caring about the product that they put on the field, because I didn't see that. And it's, it's really disappointing to see, um, a lot of guys on the offense go out there and just kind of give a, you know, uh, you know, half effort, you know, they're just kind of, they're making Play, they're, they're not making the plays that they used to make. And it's just, it's really disappointing because, because we know we have the talent we have. We, I mean, we're playing with Alabama, we're playing with LSU, all these teams where we're, we're, we're neck and neck with, um, at, at the games, we're playing away at, at Ole Miss and Alabama and, um, uh, in LSU. And we're right there. We're almost winning, but we're not finishing. And then we do this against Mississippi state. It's like, okay. There's so there's there's a disconnect in the team between the players and, and just the leadership, and we need the players to step up and and say enough is enough, and, and we're we're going to take whatever this new orf- offensive coordinator has given us and go full steam ahead and and make this work, whatever it takes. Um, and so I hope I see that. Um, back to the original question, I think I think it was needed, and um, hopefully it sparks some life into the team. Well, and this is going to going back for both of you. I mean, you both been team captains and leader. I mean, you both when you guys were there, you played a lot. And you, no matter what the guys that play or whatever, you're leaders of that room. You're a leader on the defense. You're a leader on offense. All of a sudden, boom! This guy's changed. Now you've you know you've got two guys you, from Kendall Bryles to Dan Hino's less than one year. You're getting play calls from. What's what do you do as a leader on the team? Do we, you know pull together? We all say that. Is it spoken? Hey, you know we're not performing. You know, hit that brain, and it's the same thing come to you, Brooks. Uh, to me, you know, and maybe it's a little different coming from the offensive line, but uh, when these things happen, um, all you can do is is band together with with the guys that you go to war with every day. And, you know, they're still going through that daily grind, regardless of all this drama that's going on, um, all the media and all the, all the tweets and all the us podcasting about it. Um, they're still having to wake up tomorrow and go to class and go to study hall and go to workouts and everything. So at the end of the day, it truly is about, you know, the athletes and, um, yeah, speed bump. Yeah. There's change, but, um, everything football teaches you is you got to, focus in uh, on the guys that you're there with. So um, if, the, if it's a close group of seniors um, and, and a close football team, then, you know, it is what it is. We'll move forward. And, and to me, you know, we, I was there for Bobby Petrino, um, you know, it was a big, big, big speed bump. 
And, uh, you know, it, the next couple of years were tough, but, um, the most important part of it was the guys that you were with every single day. So, um, like I said, they got two weeks to put something together and, and they got tested out in Florida. So, um, I think that's the most important thing. Uh, Brooks is, you know, look at, is everybody got to look themselves in the mirror? I mean, but, you know, let's go back to the original question is, you know, you're, you've been, you're later on the defense when you were there. You know, y'all had ups and downs like everybody else, but, what do you do as a leader when something like that happens? What's your mindset? What do you think the, the guys in the locker room, what's, their, what's going through their, their brain? Man, I don't, I don't know what's going through their brain, but right now I'm, what needs to be going through their brain is how can I – what do I need to do? What have I not, not done that I need to do to step up and be a leader and, and do my job? Um, it seems like there's a lot of people pointing fingers and, you know, and not, not enough people taking responsibility, taking accountability for what they've, what they've done or not done on the field. And so I think just like you said, you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, Hey, I haven't performed the way that I am capable of performing in the way that people are expecting me to perform. And I need to get in the film room. I need to talk with my teammates. I need to communicate. How can I help? How can I help my teammates be better on the field? Like what? And so it requires, you know, getting the team together, everybody getting together, you know, the, the leaders speaking up and saying, Hey, this is how it's supposed to be. This is what we need to be doing on this bye week. This is not, I mean, this is a week to rest up physically, but mentally, you know, we're in the film room. We're learning everything we can. We're making sure every single, when we get back on the field against Florida, every single play, that we go out there on the field for is crisp. We know exactly what to do. We know what the defense is going to do. We know every option that they could run, every twist and turn and, and blitz and whatever. We're making sure that we have all of our uh, T's crossed, all of our I's dotted, right? We are we are crossing, checking everything off, off the list, right? And it, it's, you know, as a leader, you have to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Otherwise, everyone's just going to be doing whatever they want, Blaming, blaming each other, pointing fingers. Um, there's going to be no cohesiveness. And that's, you know, I feel like that's what I see right now. It seems like, you know, no one's, no one's talking to each other on the sideline. I see everyone just sitting down, you know, bummed, you know, looking like they just, they're, they're miserable being out there. And it's, it's depressing to watch because we have the players. It's just nobody wants to speak up and, and tell them like, Hey, get your stuff together. Let's, let's, let's make this work. We have a good team, you know? So, um, it's just, I mean, as a leader, you have to do what you can to help. You're, you're helping your teammates be the best they can be. And so whether that's getting in the film room, helping them recover, helping them uh, develop some some different skills on the practice field with different drills or whatever it is, you know, you, you got to do what you got to do. It's not just about yourself. It's about um, making your teammates as good as they can, as, as good as they can be. I agree with everything that you say there is, it is. And I'll leave you with one last question here for both of you. The Hogs got four games left. I mean, we got uh, we got to go to Florida. We got Auburn, who's really good on defense. You know, Florida International, and finish up with Missouri at home. Uh, what do you expect, or what do you think you'll see from the, here the next four weeks? What do you want to see the next four weeks, Bray? Um, well, that's a good question. Uh, 
There's a lot of things that we could that we could see the next four weeks. Let's see some wins, bro. Yeah. That's the answer. <laughs> wins. Let's call it out. We want to see wins, but God, I mean, I mean Auburn, Missouri, at Florida. It's a little gauntlet there, and I mean Florida, FIU. I mean, um, at the end of the day, you know, part of you wants to say, I want to see us just put something together that looks like you know a, an offense. Um, and then the other party says that we're Arkansas and we should go out there and beat all four of those teams and go to a bowl game. Um, so somewhere in between, <laughs> this yeah. is my answer. Well, you don't know. You got a crystal ball. Brooks, what, if you had a crystal ball, what do you think you'll see? What do you, what do you want to, obviously you want everybody wants to say wins. There's no doubt about that. When wins cure a lot of things, but, uh, what, what do you think you'll see with the change? Uh, you know, I, I think you're going to see more tempo, more RPOs kind of get back. I think it was in the arsenal. They just didn't do it as much and really take the volume and get good at something. And that's kind of what coach said, but what do you want to see the next four weeks? I want to see that. I want to, I want to see guys flying around, not thinking too much, uh, simplifying it, just, Running the plays that work, he was saying that in the press conference. Like we just we didn't run the plays that were working. Like you, you, you that's it's so simple, you know. Just do what works for you. Do, run your run what your team is best at running, and you know that. I mean, it's usually if it works, it works. So like let, let's stick to those things. Let's stick to the things that make our players play the best. And if we do that, I think you know we're capable of winning all four games. It's there's no question. It's just like. Can we simplify the offense enough and can the players hop on board and are they bought in to be able to finish the season strong? And I think they are. I think they, they, I think they're, they're not checked out completely yet. Maybe a couple players. Um, but hopefully with this new offensive coordinator, it'll spark some life into them and we can get, get this win against Florida, get some good momentum going into the next three games and, you know, I like to stay optimistic. I think this is. Uh, I think. I think we're gonna get. I think we're gonna do well against Florida and uh, and and start off on the right foot after this bye week. Well, I think so too. And you know, one the wins wins cure everything. Almost. Yes, do. You know, I mean, <laughs> and the thing about it, and Bray made a point. It's not like we're getting blown out by thirty five. And you made mm. a great point. We're right there, and and. But sometimes closing that much of a gap is is difficult sometimes. And uh, but you just got to bust through one time. You guys were both part of winners, and when once you bust through, you just keep on rolling. Well, Brooks, I appreciate you coming on, man, and we'll have you on again. Something's going on. We'll bring you on. And uh, how's life treating you? What, what are you doing now? What what where, where are you living? And all that good part. Let everybody know about it. Yeah, so I'm living in Fayetteville. Um, I got back from DC in May, and I've been living in Fayetteville since. I was I was getting a master's degree at Georgetown in integrative medicine. Um, it's, a, it's a more holistic way of of um, practicing medicine, and used that to get into med school. So I got into UAMS in February, um, and so I'm going to be going next year. I decided to defer. Uh, until next fall. So I'll be going to med school in August of 2024. In the meantime, I'm coaching kids. So junior and, and high school, junior high and high school kids doing some private football performance, like straight training coaching. And it's going well. It's going well. I'm really enjoying it. Life is good. Um, wish the hogs were winning, but um, 
I'm, I'm feeling good. Loving, I'm loving the, the track I'm on and I'm ready to, I'm going to enjoy this year before school because it's going to be brutal, but uh, I'm ready to, ready to get going on my, on my, on my journey. Good for you. I can tell you this much. When Coach Williams was going to school or even when he got after, I never, they never, and nobody ever volunteered me to take any of those classes because I wouldn't even know we're getting in line with those <laughs> classes. But hey, Brooks, good to see you. Appreciate you coming on, buddy. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. This is fun. All right, man. Hopefully next time. Hopefully next time we have some wins on our back. Yeah, yes. we'll bring you on. We'll we'll win. Win. We win. We win. We're gonna, gonna bring you back on. So you're, you're the guy. There Good luck, Charm. Yeah. All right. I'll All see right, you later. Uh, see you, Brooks. Man, it's just great to have you know Brooks on and and yeah. you know kind of a different perspective. It's kind of great. You know, you have a a linebacker on his. You know about those guys. Mm -hmm. You know. What they're going through mentally, they're playing well, but the results aren't coming as a team. And then, you know, you being a former offensive lineman and trying to dig into, you know, what the boys are thinking in that locker room, what those coaches mm -hmm. are thinking about. And, uh, man, I'd tell you this much. If we beat Florida, we're bringing Brooks back on. He was a good luck, good luck charm. Yeah, he, he's well, staying online. No doubt. Well, let's switch over to high school. Let's go ahead and bring Danny McEwen on as our BS, about our BSN player of the week. Man, everything's starting to shape up. I mean, you know, yes. week 10 next week, and I think we all know what that is. But before we can have a week 10, we got to have a week 9. And That's right. Gentlemen, That's and right. we got some great ball, ball games this week. You were out last week. What did you learn last week? Well, I, I went over to War Memorial and watched uh, – Parkview and Magnolia wanted to get a little look at the double slot and uh, didn't get much of a look at it. It didn't. It ended pretty quickly. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. You talk about week nine and week ten. It's going to be interesting to see if uh, Parkview's bored and they can focus. They got a big one against Lakeside this week, but everybody's in the same boat right now. Week ten, we know we got some big matchups to look forward to. So don't. Don't overlook week nine. Oh, It'll be a trap no. for anybody. Oh. So, and, and, yeah. and that happens. I mean, we kind of saw it last week. I mean, with, you know, Farmington uh, going, you know, taking out the Shadow Saints. Coach Jay. Big, big huge yeah. win. You got to oh, yeah. screw it up now. Nobody knows which way they're going. And, uh, I mean, just some, you know, Benville grinds it out against Rogers. Just some big, 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 big. Big games last week, and we got some big yeah. this week. All right, well, and our our, uh, our twelve undefeated teams remain intact. They did. So I did. I did check that. Do we have a question? We we didn't talk about this. But, um, are you going to you know snowball be in front of everybody again on the question like that? Well, I don't know. According to Coach Whiteley, you got to watch out for Poughkeepsie. That's true. Uh, wise man, wise man, wise man. I agree, wise man. All right, we'll talk this better. BSN player of the week this week, big number. You, bet. you bet. So uh, you know it's it's uh, becoming very common that the BSN Arkansas player of the week has two numbers in common every time. You got to have over four hundred yards. <laughs> And you got to have six touchdowns, and it happened again this week. So, our Arkansas Player of the Week for Week Eight is Hot Springs quarterback Matt Contreras. Oh man, you may, you know, I'm talking about them. We got to brag on them a little bit. It is yes. Yeah, we can't challenge them. About two weeks ago, they couldn't win on the road. I mean, that's kind of hey, the secrets behind everybody's back. You know, and you know, running around the, you know, what about Hot Springs? Can't win on the road. I mean, it's what you get. They've taken that personal, and they went on the road. Got another big road game this week against Fairview, but they have proven it. 
And that man's led them the way right there, man. Absolutely. Man, I don't Paul. know who it don't know who it came from, but evidently there was a little bit of mouthing maybe on social media before oh. the game and then, oh. and then pregame. And uh, according to, to Coach Burnett, Matt decided to take it personal. They they play. He had 402 yards passing and six touchdowns. But here's what makes it even more impressive: they got two big time D1 recruit receivers. Neither one of them played a lick. Wow! So he had two sophomore receivers that played a ton of snaps. One of them, a young man named Tyrell Honey, had 209 yards receiving and two touchdowns. But Kenyon Woods, David Hose, the senior, and Justin Washington, the junior. So those guys, you know, Daryl said it in the paper that they've been taking a lot of JV snaps, but they were ready. And and uh, according to him, Matt was ready too. He had his he had his chip out on his shoulder and big win over Texarkana, 50 to 14. So we we had a great time honoring Matt and Coach Burnett. Coach Hembry, those guys, Coach Sanders, those guys do a fantastic job in Hot Springs, and and they got they got a big oh, one tomorrow night. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. On the road again, yeah. on the road again. We'll see what yeah. people says, man. But but I tell you what, talk about answering the call, man. Those guys been on fire on Road Warriors. Got absolutely, absolutely. So you know, it's them versus Camden Fairview. That's going to determine the number two seed in the home playoff game. So huge deal. Well. Well, we got brewing on this Friday night. I know we got something going. Well, besides that one, you know, we got uh, we got Benton. Who I did get to see Benton play. Got to see them play against, uh, excuse me, Cersei. and that was big. Boy, they're explosive. So they're going to West Memphis. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Big game. Big game right there. Uh, I think I can probably go anywhere in the state and watch a complete football game and come home. And still be able to see this next one because they'll still be playing. Greenwood's at PA. They oh, may man. play till midnight. Yeah, they could. And, and uh, we're going to break that game down later on. But, I mean, that's a huge matchup. You know, the Bulldogs down there, I forgot about, you know, PA beating them in the finals. I, I was been right. down there for some games. And it's always brought up all the time. So, yeah. Kind of running stealth mode right now, oh, no, so no. that's gonna be that's gonna be a good one. And the one that I'm really intrigued about is Nashville at Malvern. Oh gosh, yeah, that's gonna be a big. That's gonna be a big yeah. And uh, you know, Nashville starting to play pretty good, and Malvern Leopards. Coach Alpy looked at him uh, last week. He winked at me and said, "said Malvern's pretty good." So if he says that, they're pretty darn good. So, yeah. Big game. <laughs> well, Danny, I'll get you off here, man. Well, can you yeah. get to see it? We'll take care of you. We'll holler at you later, man. Man, I tell you what, what an impressive young man. Our, our PSN Player of the Week is getting to be a really hot thing, and mm-hmm. uh, getting a lot of lot of people uh, want want that award. And Danny does a great job with. It. Well, let's get into our picks, and well, let's go ahead and bring him on, Coach Daryl Fimple. Let's get into our high school picks. Hey, great week last week. Great game. Yes. We got to recap, man. A lot of shocking things going on in, in the world right now, sports world. I mean, I, I'm telling I mean, you, everywhere. I went to the Elkins Ozark game. Ooh. And wow. The boat race, right over man. there inside the 20, Elkins. Man, let me tell you, Elkins, uh, you know, I know uh, we fired Enos this week, but Zach Watson was hot. He was rolling the dice, baby. <laughs> I mean, he had us off balance the whole night long. And then the second half started. I don't know if we wanted to come out of there. 
Uh, Turnover twice inside the 20. Elkins goes down, scores. Man, they've got some skilled players. They got some good looking kids. Uh, and their defense is really good. I was really impressed with their defense. Ozark could not run the back, the football. So um, it's kind of crazy. Crazy game. Held the Burns and the Ozark Hillbillies to 40 yards total offense. I mean, at home. At, at home. home. Oh, yeah, it was packed too, wasn't it? Oh, my it's, gosh. It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. You could you could smell the popcorn in the parking lot. I mean, there's people trying to dive over people, stealing AAA passes. It was awesome. Oh, man. Well, let's stay coming up here. Another big shocker, J.R. Eldridge and the Farmington Cardinals. Hey. Man, take them out. Take the Saints out. Seems like that guy's got a plan every year for something like that to happen. Uh, you know, just uh, kind of amazing that they got down and then figured out, made some adjustments at halftime, which that's new to see in Arkansas. <laughs> they actually worked. Rolled the dice there, came back and got them. Now that made that conference a four-horse race right now. I mean, they're all kind of jockeying there. If, you know, something could happen there. And and uh, there's a four-way tie there at the top, so that's kind of crazy. Oh, they got a lot of the two big games. There's a lot of people still in that league. You got Mills, the matchup with Joe T. They go and beat Joe T. Mills just kind of keeps rolling on there. Uh, the Brooklyn, I mean, Batesville Southside went down last yeah, week. Man, heard us sit there. That was yeah. that's the one I missed right there. Yeah, yeah that's uh, yeah. Hurt us in more ways than not. Well, not only the loss, but man, we we're trying to get that millage. Trying to get that millage. <laughs> not good when we slip up there on the old millage. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, you know, yeah, yeah, well, we don't take things personal on the show. The well. wagons there. Maybe, maybe yeah. we need to play it off like we're trying to get away from somebody. In well, the it, it's like I said, we don't take things personal show, but we will mention by name if you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of bad texts going back and forth. If you lose, we'll pick you, buddy. I'm going to tell you. Start calling people out. We'll call you out. That's what we'll do. All right. Well, let's get into your top fives. Man. Man. My I'll top five is going to be back again, Parkview Patriots. I don't know what you did with them, guys. Uh, and from here on out, you know, Hot Springs is playing hot in that league. I mean, that whole league is good. Mills is sitting over there waiting, but man, you can't touch those guys. Those guys are phenomenal. Uh, we got Conway at two in my book. I got Fayetteville three, Greenwood four, and Bryant number five. All right. Because, you know, I like to move things around. I don't want anybody to get comfortable. All right. That's my whole goal. I don't want nobody. I want the best from everybody right here. All right. But I will say that's Buck's 60th in a row. Yeah. So the Conway Buck James are 60 and 0. And, the, and that's crazy. And North Little Rock goes over there this week, which is going to be real fun. Uh, my real top four, well, I, what I like to call real top five. Uh, but here's a, somebody we keep leaving out. And these guys have been successful for a long period of time is the Prescott Curly Wolves. Oh, pull boys. Everybody's sleeping on my curly wolves, man. My curly oh, wolves are ready. I mean, it's, it's in the water down there. Oh, I mean, man. I mean, we're already. I mean, we're already lining ourselves out, just sneaking in the in the grass. There got Harding Academy after looking at them this week and their numbers. Goodness gracious, how about that place? How about Harding? You've got Cersei over there throwing the ball over the place. You got Harding Academy throwing it over the place. You got the University of Harding, and what are we doing? We're just grinding it out, baby. We're just grinding it out. I mean, you go Friday, Saturday, you get two different philosophies going there if you go watch a college game, which Harding. Is in first place, by the way. Uh, my number three is Malvern. Did some numbers on them. Man, those guys are explosive. Great, great team. I got a tie for fourth because I haven't got to see these guys, but Elkins and Salem. 
That's my four. And I'm going to tell you what, too. Somebody else is hiding down there in the south. Is Warren. Our boy Bo is hiding oh. in the bushes. He's oh. got a 14-year-old quarterback that's phenomenal. Throwing to these giant guys. Uh, the philosophy's working. So that's my top five this week. I got Prescott, Harden Academy, Malvern, Elkins, and Salem tied for fourth, and Warren bringing up fifth. The other thing, my eight-man football squad, Subiaco Academy, scoring all kinds of points in eight-man football. You got to go out and see them. They got something going on there, too. Oh, baby. The other thing is my small Mineral Springs last week. That's what we had in Mineral Springs here. They would be six in my little team. Mineral Springs, Katrivian Thomas. Listen to this guy. He had seven TDs. Oh, the guy had seven TDs in one game against Mount Ida. All right? Katron is what I like to call him. Katron had seven TDs. He had six tackles. He returned a kickoff 83 yards. All right. That the spring, we're doing it both ways, even though we gave up 14 points last week, which we're a little upset about because we only give up four or nine, but we gave up 14 in Mount Ida. They got lucky. But my man, Kay Thomas, with seven TDs. It's unbelievable. Good. They don't do that in a year. I mean, it's unbelievable. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I bet yeah. the defense scoring ever so then they better. go, hey, that, we, we need to stop, K-Tron. Go over there and make some tackles for us, man. <laughs> Bust off that thing. Here's some water. They're squirting water on him as he goes out there. Yeah. And then he returns the kickoff. I mean, who was the wise guy that kicked it to him? <laughs> was that after six touchdowns or what? I mean, what are you trying to do there? Yeah. Mineral Springs continues to roll. Big lows in there. EPC solid. And then you got Carlisle and Hayes and both. Down there in the smaller classification. Oh, Carlisle played defense over it, man. Oh, they played defense over it, Carlisle. That's why they, they, they bring them all with defensive guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. get into our picks here. I, I think this is some of the toughest picks, these games. And then next week, man, there's all kinds of great games. Next a lot of big crazy. games this week. I mean, just all setting up. We're going to start. Let's start here going over to Eastern Arkansas. We've got Cross County at Mark Tree. Grandma and Oz taking. Uh, Mark Tree, the mouse taking Mark Tree. I'm going to go with Mark Tree also. Break it down for me. Well, Cross County, you know, started out four and three overall. They're three and two in the conference. They're ranked fourth in the conference right now. Mark Tree sitting in second. They're six and one, four and one. Mark Tree is in conference games has scored 255 points, but they've given up 175. Cross County's got a, an average of 27 points tonight, giving up 17, but. Here's the funny thing about the butt part. I think Mark Tree's speed, Cross County, I think is starting to figure it out, though, you know, with the, the mm -hmm. transfers and all that good stuff. I think they're going to be, uh, get themselves in the playoffs, but I'm taking Mark Tree in this one. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's going to be a good one. All right. Going this team you've been, you've been ranting and raving about the last couple of weeks. We have Salem. Salem. Very good. Uh, yes. Whole crew on this side's taking Salem, man. I mean, the mouse taking Salem. Grandma and I's on Salem. Uh, I'm on them just because, I mean, they're undefeated. They're just rolling up there. Break it down. Well, you know, they're 4-0, 8-0 on the year. They've won eight straight games. Um, they have dominated the league. They're, uh, they've scored 198 points, averaging 49 points a game. Perryville struggles points-wise, but they're pretty good on defense. Uh, but the problem is, is Salem has Elijah Romaine. Don't get Elijah Romaine lettuce. That would be his thing. He's carried the ball 140 times for 1,247 yards, 8.9 yards a clip, 16 touchdowns. All right. I'm going with Elijah and Salem right here. All right. Welcome to the witch trials of Salem right here. Salem wins this one going away. 
I think so too. Staying over in Eastern Arkansas, staying that same league, it's crazy. Desart at EPC, the mouse taking EPC, Grandma Na is taking Desart. I'm going to go with EPC. You know, Desart had a little slip up a couple weeks ago, but, you know, they always get right on track and always in the mix. Break it down. Well, Desart has a two headed monster. Uh, they've got two running backs, Davion Bell and Cash Flanagan. Got a lot of the name Cash Flanagan. That's a great name. Cash Flanagan has uh, carried it 118 times for 776 yards and 15 touchdowns. Davion Bell's the home run hitter. He's carried it 57 times for 788 yards, which is 13 yards a whack. <laughs> Give Davion the ball a little more. I think Davion needs to share some carries. So this is a little thunder and lightning backfield we got going on there at Desert. Uh, he's got 12 touchdowns, too. That's 27 touchdowns they've combined for on the ground. And then you've got this, I mean, EPC. Let me tell you, EPC is really good defensively. They only give up 20 points in the league. They've got the Gaines boys. Dennis Gaines. Uh, everybody's heard about Dennis. I think they did a, a little thing on Dennis. Dennis has 5,923 yards in his career. Did Whoa. you hear me? He's almost circled the earth. I mean, this guy, he's <laughs> carried the ball. Uh, the, Unbelievable. 5,923 yards this guy's racked up. Last week alone, he had 10 carries for 109, and they had to pull him because, you know, God knows what would happen here. Uh, they also have a big home run threat themselves, too, and Omar McCaston. He's got 24 carries, I mean, 24 catches for 507 yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, the Gaines boy, I think, has got a brother that plays on the defensive side. He had an 80 yard TD. Uh, um, interception last week, and he also had two catches against Mariana Lee, home of Carlos Hall. That's all I got for you, Mariana Lee. On this one, I'm taking EPC going away. I think so, too. Big 4A matchup here. You brought them up earlier. We got the Nashville Scrappers and the Malvern Leopards. Uh, Grandma Law's taking Malvern, Mouse taking Malvern. I'm on that wagon. I've been on it all year long. I think their question was quarterback and I think he's fine and uh, actually talked to Coach Alpey last week, you know, the former legend over there. He said he blinked at me and said they're pretty good so I'm going to go with the uh, Malvern Leopards. Well, here's the fun. They got to run back too. Jalen Dupree who is a freakazoid. He's leading the state in rushing. 147 carries, 1,472 yards and 22 TDs. Uh, last week, he went over 2,827 yards uh, he's going to be a 6,000-yard rusher, too. Did you just hear that? I just said this guy's ran the ball for 6,000 yards in his high school. Was, I believe he was one of our BSN players of the week. And he uh, broke yeah, good, pick, good pick on that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he is averaging 210 yards a game. Yeah. A game. All right. Now, he's playing people that know that, and he's still getting 210 <laughs> yards. So that's even more amazing. He's got a wide receiver. It's a home run hitter and Dylan Carradine. He's got 50 catches for 1,000 yards, uh, 11 TDs. Nashville, of course, they got another Hopkins kid. Trey Hopkins went off oh, last yeah. week, 113 carries on the year for 720 yards, 6.4 yards a whack, 11 TDs. They do have a, a sack artist. He's leading the state right now. Uh, Zacharias Harris has got 13 Ta uh, sacks. Um, so that's going to be something that could actually pressure them, but it's not going to matter. I don't think Maverick's going to throw it because I'm just handing it to Billy Joel, uh, Jalen Dupree right here, and then going to see how many yards we can get. So he's racking them up. I'm going to take Malvern and this one going away too. Yeah. I bet the Scraps show up and play a little bit, though. I, 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 oh, the Scraps have. They've won their last three games, both yeah, of them. So it's kind of a battle. Nashville's kind of found something. 
Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. This is an interesting game. Talked about this bunch last week. Coach Van Pascal's went over to Heber Springs and just did however turn yeah. the stone around, and they're rolling. Uh, big yeah. win over Stuttgart last week, and they're traveling to the one that's kind of been everybody's kind of quiet about. I think is a major factor in 4A. They're traveling over to Cersei and Harding Academy. Uh, yes. Oh, man. And the mouse going to take Harding Academy. Of course, he always takes Harding Academy. And then Grandma and I'll take Harding Academy. She traditionally doesn't do that. I'm going to go with Harding Academy. Break this down. Talk about Coach Van Pascal a little bit. I mean, it's unbelievable. Hey, that guy, you know, he's magical. He's won everywhere he's been. Everywhere he's been, that guy's a winner. Uh, does things the right way. But here's the flip side of it. You run into Harding Academy. It's like uh, the legendary Coach Williams statue used to say, sometimes you can win one too many. This could be <laughs> it for Heber. So they're going to roll in there right now. Uh, Heber is only giving up 10 points a night, but Harding Academy is something else. They're number one overall in 4A. They're 8-0, 4-0 uh, in the conference. They've won eight straight games. They've scored 205 points in conference play. Which gives them fifty-one yard. I mean, fifty-one points a, a night. Uh, Owen Miller is their quarterback. He's thrown for over sixteen hundred yards, nineteen touchdowns. They got a running back in Isaac Baker, who's averaging eight yards a whack, nine TDs. Kyle Hoover's their big target, forty-two catches, eight TDs. They spread it around a lot. Uh, they play in a lot of space, but that quarterback, you, you know, he stays clean most of the game. So I'm taking Harding Academy in this one. Yeah, I think the man Van Pascal's done a great job. They're going to be the He has done, and if anybody pulled off, it's him. All right, this one's interesting. Hot Springs, who I was on their case, man, and they have become the role. They responded. They have responded. Coach Williams called them out. Coach Burnett Mm -hmm. last team, though, and they have responded. They have responded. They are traveling to Camden Fairview. Both of these guys here know each other, worked with each other, coached against each other's assistants, and as head coaches. Uh, Mouse going with Fairview. Grandma Nod's going with Hot Springs. I'm going to stick with the Trojans. I like it. I like it. At Camden, though. You know, Camden plays really well at Camden. That's a good good point. You've talked me out of it. I'm going with Fairview. Yeah, the Canada Fairview Cardinals are pretty tough. That whole league is really weird because yeah. I think besides Parkview, uh, you got two through four there that are really, really a lot alike. But I like this fact that both of them have won four straight games. Yeah. So both of them are pretty hot. Hot Springs 71 overall, four and one in the league. Canada Fairview six and two, four and one in the league. Um they're sitting in fourth right now in the conference because they lost the lakeside. Camden did. Yeah. Uh, Hot Springs, besides you take away the Parkview numbers, that man, they're they're awesome. They're, I mean, they're loaded. Uh, the Contreras kid is their quarterback. He's thrown for 1,371 yards. Wide receiver T.J. Borgden, we talked about before, he had 41 catches for 707. Last week, they played without those two cats. Yeah, but they didn't have the wide receivers. And they still destroyed Texarkana last week. So, Hot oh, Springs is rolling. I think they have figured something out. I think they figured something out. I, I think it's working for them. I think they're going to go in hot. I believe in Hot Springs being Camden Fairview Friday night. Wow. You, you yes. talked one of it, and then you backfired on me. Hey, brought me in, sucked me in, and kicked me out. All right. I'm winning, man. But I, I, I do think you made a point. Fairview's playing pretty good at home besides the mm. Lake. Yeah. 
I go to Eastern Arkansas. Value, who rode up Bates with Southside last week, is at Nettleton. And everybody's Nas take Grandma Nas taking Value, Mouse taking Value, I'm taking Value. I think Value runs away with this. Valley View is the first in the conference. Um, they scored 20 points. They scored 20 points in the fourth quarter to beat Batesville Southside last week, uh, which is something that we've got. There's some interesting stuff in these quarters because it, we've had some explosive quarters, which we're going to get to later on. Valley View is averaging 40 points a night in conference play. Nelton has given up 26 and only averaging 34, only averaging 34. Isn't that bad? But Valley View's quarterbacks played really, really well. He's got 1,300 yards, 18 touchdowns he's thrown for. He's about 60% passer. Uh, they've won seven straight games. Their only loss was to Harding Academy, uh, which was the second game of the year. So Valley View's hot. I think they're uh, right in position here. And we're going to have some jockeying in that league, too, up until next week, too. So I'm taking Valley View over Nettleton. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that Valley View's kind of just rolling over there in that deal. I, I, yeah. They've got some rolling. momentum and they've kind of snuck around there, too. But, yeah, you know, they're going to run into. They're going to, well, if they get past Nelton, I think they've got a really good shot here. Yeah, they might make one out of that league. All right, let's go to the 6A West. Middle East, Greenwood. The rematch of last year's 6A state championship. Greenwood traveling to Plastic Academy last year. Greenwood won in the regular season, got beat in the state finals by by, uh, PA. Greenwood's rolling in here undefeated. PA's PA's got a loss against Little Rock Christian. Uh, The mouse taking Greenwood. Grandma Nas taking Greenwood. I'm on that wagon. I I think they're the best team right now in the state of Arkansas in 6A. They might be in the discussions for overall. Uh, that's how good Greenwood is this year. Greenwood's 8-0, 6-0 in the conference. Blast Academy, 7-1, 5-1 in the conference. Uh, you know, they went over uh, on Highway 10 and got beat like they've never been beaten before, especially by an Arkansas school and Little Rock Christian. Uh, they're averaging 42 points. I think they've kind of figured some stuff out, too. They're playing a little bit different defensively. Uh, but Greenwood's averaging 50 points a night, doing it yeah. so many different ways. And they've got so many kids that make an impact. You've got both of the uh, the Archer boys. Uh, Kane was uh, 98. He's 98 out of 128 for 1,100 yards. He's been hurt, but he's also got another 300 yards carrying the bat, the, carrying the football. Uh, then you've got two wide receivers. You've got 49 catches apiece. Uh, they've got 18 touchdowns between them, and their running back went over 1,000 yards last week against Russellville. Braden Davis. He, he also has 18 touchdowns. I mean, this is we're not even – we've still got two games left. Um, so he's averaged 125 rushing yards a game. Their defense, Greenwood, that's where they're really good, if you ask me, because they can get after the quarterback. They got cash money. Cash money Archer, baby. An NIL deal right there. He's got 50 tackles, 20 tackles for loss, and 13 sacks on the year. They got Zachary Edwards as a middle linebacker inside with 68 tackles. Braden Staggs is a safety. He's got five interceptions, which is probably, I think it's third in the state of Arkansas right now. So they're really good on both sides of the ball. Special teams, got a great coach, great staff over there. Pulaski Academy is the same way, too. They've got, they've got video numbers all over the place. They like to throw it to Walden Culpepper. Uh, Brandon Cobb is their quarterback. He threw for four touchdowns last week, 366 yards with a big, huge, giant-looking pass thing on his 
But yeah, I've never seen it like it. Yeah, it's throwing strikes everywhere. Uh, he's got 29 touchdowns, almost 3,000 yards throwing it, but he's got several people he throws it to. Uh, I don't think they run it as well as they have in the past, uh, which is going to give them a problem because if you score fast, Greenwood gets the ball, uh, which could be a problem uh, because they're going to score back at you. Uh, Greenwood, what a great situation. Coach Young's take over in that and missed a beat. Think about that guy. That guy grew up with Joe Fred Young, his legendary dad in that area. And then he's got Dagum Rick Jones leaves him that, leaves him the keys to the limo. I mean, golly, that was awesome. That guy's lucked out and he's done a great job with him. So I'm taking Greenwood in this one. Yeah, I think Greenwood's just a little bit too much. But PA's. I just don't think they're as good as they were last year. Greenwood's got 12 total interceptions, too. Yeah, they're, they're really they're good. Pretty good. They're good in the second game, and they're good in everywhere. All right, going to 6A East. Here we go. we got the Benton Panthers headed over to God's Country, the West Memphis Blue Devils. Benton just rolled over. I talked to uh, wow. Coach Zach yeah. Clark wow. uh, this week, and you know they just played Benton, and he's like, man, they're very physical. They're best team by far we played. Uh, so far, West Memphis bounced back last week at Green County Tech. You know, after getting uh, beat by Marion, uh, huge game. Bent can really seal the deal here for one seed. Looks like all the way through. And you know, West Memphis is trying to. They still can muscle around, maybe get that two seed. Uh, things work out with this with this win. Well, a lot of scenarios could happen. Uh, the mouse going to take Benton. I'm going to take Benton. And Grandma Na, of course, she's always going to God's country over there. She loves West Memphis. West Memphis. She loves the Blue yeah. Devils. So, what do you see? West Memphis could cause them some problems. I think so. I think so. But Benton, man, they're really good up front. Their quarterbacks are really good. You know, they've got Braylon back there. they got some really, really talented wide receivers. Uh, you know, they beat Catholic last week, which was uh, Coach Fogerman's 150th, or was it a 100? It might have been his 100th win. Yeah, 100th win uh, the previous, uh, or actually won it maybe Friday. But um, Benton's explosive in so many different ways. They were up 50 to zero at half on the Cersei Lions. Uh, we were taking pads off maybe uh, there. Uh, they came back on them a little bit to make it respectful, but they were up 50 to zero. Yeah. So I think Benton's got momentum. They've got depth and they can score in different ways. They're really good up front, seven especially on defense. Uh, so I'm going to take Benton on this one, even though I think West Memphis is going to make this closer than you think, especially at home. And I think the skill guys of West Memphis might give Benton a different look, but I think Benton's got too much on offense. I believe so too. should be a good game because I think West Memphis defensive line-wise can match them and, and do some things. Yeah. All right, huge yeah. game here and a lot of side notes to this game. Good gosh. Oh Lots of side notes on this. this, is, yeah. Yeah. this, and this like, is a huge game. You know, uh, Bentonville beat Rogers last week. So this thing could all turn into a three-way tie for, for third place, which is a big deal. You know, as far as seeding. Is it going to go to points? Is it going to go to points? And, and I believe right now that West might have the edge. And here, <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of crazy stuff going with this one. And Coach Pratt last week against Heritage. Was he, who is the play call for Bentonville West, was ejected. Uh, uh, Coach Pratt sent me his video, kind of explained the situation, you know, uh, uh, just happened either, you know, kind of one of those deals, uh, you know, he got tossed, so he can't 
he's had to set out the third quarter and fourth quarter of the Heritage game. He's going to miss the first half of this game. He is the play caller. Uh, Southside last week scored 77 points. The bad yeah. news is he gave up 56. And yeah. uh, that's a problem. He scored 42 in the second quarter. Uh, 42 points. And guess how many Harbor scored in the second quarter? 21. 63 points were scored in the second quarter alone. I mean, well, they scored one time in 33. They scored in 30 seconds. Uh, the last 30 seconds of the half, they scored. With three seconds left, they scored. I, I think this thing go go back and forth, and whoever done screwed up turnovers and especially—I mean, I don't know special teams didn't get involved. So that's kickoff, kickoff, turn on this one. All right, <sighs> Benville West at Southside. The mouse going to take Southside. Grandma Nas taking Bentonville West. I'm going to go with Southside. They're at home, and you know, of course, I think up front wise they can do whatever they want to offensive. The key part for Southside is uh, can we get a stop? Is there a possibility we get a couple well, stops? <laughs> you only need one. I've, I've did the math on this. If you can defer, you only really need to get one stop and just not turn the ball over. Just let them do what they need to do. We go sevens, but this is going to be tricky. The first one that goes for the eight, it's the first person that tries to, to get an even number in there. That's what's going to screw this game up because this one's crazy. This is This is an absolute crazy game. Uh, because Southside, I don't know. Here's the, I mean, I don't know much about anything. I, I'll tell you that. But if you got two running backs that are phenomenal, like Southside does, we might want to stick them in the corner just a little bit. Just maybe. I mean, I see, I just gave you the stats from my guy at Mineral Springs. I mean, Catron, he can play both ways. I mean, we can just stick them in there for a quarter to get a couple snaps out of them. You see the guy at Colorado do it all the time. It's just a suggestion. I don't know. Uh, Bentonville West, so six and two, four and one in the league. They're tied for second with Bentonville, which has got to be nice for them because that's their next game. Uh, you got Southside five and three, two and three, but they played the toughest three and starting right off the bat. And now they're just hanging points on everybody. They're averaging over 44 points a game uh, in league play, which if you grew up in the West like we did, I don't know if there was 44 points scored in three games back in the day. Oh, I, mean, I, I don't remember any of that happening. I mean, even when Barry Lunny, uh, a senior, went over and started winning there and throwing it around a little bit, I mean, there was nothing like this. I mean, so the West has definitely exploded uh, offensively. you still got Fayetteville up there with it and on the whole nine yards. Uh, you know, that Lindsey boys thrown for almost, what, 32 touchdowns? Uh, now? Rolling. rolling. Yeah, I mean, that, they're rolling. Uh, so, on this one, Southside and Bentonville West, like you said, it's a home game for Southside. I think they're playing with a little chip on their shoulder because they can slide all the way up in there in that, yep. you know, that three-hole at least. So, I'm taking Fort Smith Southside. Wow. And the score's going to be 80. <laughs> 80. To 72, and it's going to be 80 to 72 because they're going to go for one of them crooked, they're going to go for one of them even numbers. Try to get the, 80 72 even numbers. Wow, yeah. 82. I mean, it could be it could be outrageously unbelievable. I mean, I, I don't even know how that happens. <laughs> well, well, I mean, we're going to get off here, man. Hey, we'll check your work. Good to see you. And hey, big games next week, man. Oh, it's one man. right down Closing the road. Out rivalries, yeah. yeah so, that's uh, very high women and children on that one because that's going to oh, be, be phenomenal. 
Oh, it's good next build. week. Uh, yeah, we got Murfreesboro Mineral Springs, man. Oh yeah, got that Go one. Check on out that, buddy. The rattlers uh, are waiting on us. Well, send me your text. We'll be ready to roll this week. All right. All right, buddy. See you, man. Have fun. See you. Man, that Coach Fimple, we got some great games. I tell you what, that guy can spit out stats like he, I mean, he's like a machine. AI has nothing on him as far as stats. There's nothing <laughs> going on there. Well, let's go ahead and bring him on. Let's talk a little NFL, a little college football. Let's go ahead and bring him on, Mr. Triple Crown Derek. Last week, college football was crazy. Uh, NFL football was even crazier. Um, yep. a week for everybody. I, I was listening to Pat McAfee this week. He was going down the road and said, Vegas has, to, to, you know, there was a big deal. The people were winning a lot of money early, and Vegas took all their money back this past weekend. So, and, you know, it's one of deals, you know. If, you know, if you're they, up the beat, you know. No, no doubt. They sure did. I mean, it, they literally, it was not a good week for handicappers. And, and, you know, I, I I follow a lot of people that are handicappers as well, kind of the thing, right? And and nobody had a good week. So it just wasn't a good week. Um, we had that, a positive attitude on this show, Derek. We have a positive attitude. The way that is washed away, we moved on. Okay, so let's get on get to this week. Let's just college football. Yeah. Hey, exactly. Short-term memory, right? And so um, – same thing. I want to, We're going to do an NCAA college football, and then we'll do an NFL. So NCAA college football, um, starting on Saturday, um, I'm going to give you five games here that I like that's going to pay out uh, plus 730, um, so over 7 to 1 odds, and I really like these, uh, these games. So the first game is um, Georgia at Florida. Um, the line is minus 14. I'm going to take money line on that. I think Georgia's going to win that game, Florida. They, I just don't think that they, they, they're they not going to be able to play with Georgia. Georgia's um, – they're going to be driving now for the rest of the season until the SEC championship. Second game I've got, I think we just played them, um, is um, Mississippi State at Auburn. Uh, I think Mississippi State's little running back, obviously. He was playing on literally one leg, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> you know, um, and if – I mean, I know our defense has play, played okay, but – you know, Auburn's going to put up points. I mean, they proved that against Ole Miss. They they scored with Ole Miss. And so I'm going to take um, Auburn um, minus six in that game. The That is the line. I think that they're going to cover by a touchdown. That's going to really jack your odds up and, and, and help your parlay. So Auburn minus six. Um, then I have Tennessee. The line on this is minus four at Kentucky. Um, Kentucky's coming off a bye. Tennessee is on Kentucky. Over the years, yeah. um, coming off an emotional loss against Alabama, you know, it's, that's all. I mean, that's a huge game, a big rival game. Yeah. And Coach Apple, one he was kind of upset about after game about some of the calls. So, you know, what's their mindset yeah. back? Kentucky's, like I said, coming off by Coach Stoops does a great job, and, and man, that, that's going to be a physical football game. It, it is, and I, I just do not think. Kentucky's defense can hold Tennessee down. You know, Kentucky also is coming off an emotional loss before the bye to Missouri. I mean, they were up in like 21 to nothing or something yeah. like that, and their defense just gave up. I mean, and so with that, I honestly, I think Tennessee will um, will just – they've just got more athletes, um, and they have the best receiver name I've ever seen in my life. His name's Squirrel. 
right? And so, <laughs> but with that, I really like uh, I like Tennessee in that game. Just not don't give the minus four. Just take the money line because the odds are good. Um, the next game is I think it's time for USC to rebound a little bit. Uh, the line oh, minus two. I'm, I'm warning you about those guys. I'm warning you right now. I know most overhyped team in America. I mean, I agree. I mean, the herd the other day right. got on Lincoln Riley. The herd got on. He got on Lincoln Riley. I mean, I mean, you thought Lincoln Riley was, you know, Bo Schembechler or something. I mean, listen, that guy. He's he's even turned on that team. You got to watch that bunch. But go ahead. I, I'm with you, but they've got a quarterback that's trying to win the Heisman. Sorry, I got some. Uh, um, got a quarterback trying to win the Heisman. They're going to try to put up points. I'm not get, laying the ten. I'm going to take the uh, the money line on that one as well. And then probably the best game of the day um, that evening is Oregon versus Utah. Oh uh, man, Coach Ultimate, man! I tell you what, they looked pretty good last year. They're 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 hungry. They're ready to go, man. I, I talked to him. I talked to him, and he he is. Uh, I still think they they got, and I think they're going to get in the final four. They get if it all works out, we're going to get a piece of Washington again, and yeah. Coach Ultimate and the. The Leftwich family, I mean, they're they're fired up down there all over the place. His brother, uh, Max, is the offense coordinator at Texas State. They're they're rolling, and uh, I like this bunch. I like this football team. So I'm going to take Oregon minus six and a half. That's the line straight up. I mean, that is the line, and so you're going to get really good odds. And so by taking Oregon minus six and a half, the, here's the thing. Utah's got a hell of a run defense. They only give up 78 rushing yards a, a game. Right. But they also they can't score over 30 points. Yep. And so so with that, I just don't think that they can hang with Oregon from a from a offensive uh, firepower perspective, even though they got a good defense. And so those five games recap Tennessee money line, Georgia money line, Auburn minus six, USC money line, Oregon minus six and a half plus seven thirty. It's already booked for me. I would bet it um, right now because I think the lines will move from that minus six and a half. I think Oregon will eventually be an eight-point favorite. Uh, so I would get it while you can under a touchdown. Well, um, listen, so that, this show that, will drop. And we're, do, we're doing this Wednesday, folks, and, and so this thing will drop up on, on Friday, and we'll get it out. So right. you'll have time, but you might want to check some things. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. NFL, baby. Here we go. NFL. So NFL, we're going to do a one, two, three, a sixteen parlay, and it's going to play six to one exactly that. NFL, man, the first four weeks was pretty. Four or five weeks were really predictable. Last two weeks, I mean, the favorites have been dropping, and I'm talking dead favorites. I'm talking they're not even hitting uh, hitting the the uh, money line. And so, but I think it's time for a few of these teams to rebound. So, um, one of them you may you may not have the opportunity to bet the Bucks at the the Bucks at Buffalo. Um, and I'm going to take Buffalo plus one in that game. They're due to rebound. Um, they have looked not very good the last oh. few weeks, uh, but they've had a really hurt defense, right? And I was looking a lot of some of their defensive guys are coming back, so I think that they're going to be they're going to beat Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. Uh, the next game, which is a, is a tight game, um, is Texans. I'm going to take Texans plus one at the Panthers. Uh, the the line is just minus three. I'm moving it to plus one. And that's more or less to cover myself on field goals at the end of the game that beat you, because uh, that happens. Um, exact same move. I'm going to take the Jags at the Steelers. The Jags are minus three. I'm going to move it to plus one. 
um, you're getting really good odds with these two games because the line's only minus three. Um, the next game I'm going to take will be uh, Rams at the Cowboys. I'm going to take the Cowboys coming off the bye week. Oh, I, knew you told you. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Dude, I, I have it. to. And I have to because – the Rams running backs are hurt. They're, they went out and they just grabbed Daryl Henderson and uh, uh, the old Denver running back. I now, let me go okay. let me break it down for you here. Let me, let's pay attention to history here. Well, I was Dak's rookie year, or second year. I mean, it was rookie year. Well, we went over there in the uh, NFC divisional round playoffs, whatever, and the Rams were rolling that year. They got, you know, they put up uh, three points, they in the Super Bowl. Against the Patriots, we go there. They pull some fat Albert guy off the street. I mean, the guy was huffing and puffing. They had two oxygen masks for the guy. He had a water bottle on the side, him, and he ran through us, man. We we couldn't stop that guy. So be careful with that. You know, just pulling guys. I've seen this happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's going to test. What it will test is uh, Stafford's going to test the defense of the Cowboys with all these under routes with. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the Puka Nakua. I mean, where'd this guy come from, right? I mean, this dude's an ama- amazing. I mean, it shows you that 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 system and when it, you know, Stafford, whenever they turn around, he's gonna hit them where out where he needs where out where he needs to go. And so, but I think the Cowboys will, will bounce back out of this. They better win because you start looking at the Cowboys future schedule. There's the Eagles. I mean, there's some it's a there's some tough games coming up. So they, they better win this game against the Rams. Um, that's the way I'm looking at this. And then, so next game, I got chiefs at Broncos, the line, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's actually low. It's minus six, but I'm going to take, take them just to win, hit the money line. And then on Monday night Raiders at the lines lines got obliterated by the, uh, the Ravens this week, which I was shocked about. And so courage, man, it ate them up. Oh, Todd Munkin over there, new OC over there. Hey, they're they're almost running a quadruple option off zone. Yeah. Ring. It, it they play zone. I'm not. I mean, those guys know what they're doing. I'm not. <laughs> it was thirty-eight to six. I mean, yeah. it was we ate it up. Yeah, it was a butt kicking. And so with that, I mean, Lamar tore them up. And so Raiders don't have Lamar Jackson though, right? And so they have a. Uh, I think Brian Hoyer is their quarterback at the moment. So Lions shouldn't have a problem with this one. It's also a good line. Uh, but I'm going to take plus one just to be safe. All those, all those picks, you'll get plus six, uh, six hundred, so six to one. Um, and we're going to hit one of them this weekend. I, and I, I, hopefully, we're going to hit both. But that's my pick for football. But what I thought I would do, Jeff, is so since I'm going to be gone uh, next, you're going to be you're going to be out next week. You're going to be gone next, next week. I'm in Denver. I've got you got the Breeders uh, Cup. Yeah, we got we I got a real job next week. But we're going to be Breeders Cup. On, on next Friday and Saturday. So this is this is where I thrive. This is what I love to do, right, is, is the horses. Um, it's really what's gotten me into doing so much of what I do uh, with picking and handicapping and stuff like that. So there's a lot of races. If people don't know the Breeders' Cup, they have juvenile days and they have the, the, um, the, the second day where they have all of the, um, the previous winners from the, from the given year where people have won the Derby, that won the – Preakness, the you know the the Belmont, and to, and to the viewers who don't understand Breeders' Cup, you know they, they say go to Oakland once or twice a year. What it's like having an All Star game. I mean, it's like having the Hall of. I mean, your best of the best are, are come together and they, 
know, some of them are older and younger, but you know, they it's it's the best of the best, and it's a it's an amazing event. But go go ahead. It is, it is, and so there's really two races that like draws everybody's attention. I mean, so the first one, the first race is what they call the Breeders' Cup Juvenile G1 Grade One race. It's a mile and a sixteenth, and it's for two year old males, right? This is this is a little bit of something that for people that don't know this that you know. So they have like you know the Kentucky Derby. You can only have three year olds that run in the Kentucky Derby. That's a rule, right? Yeah. So the people, the, the, the sorry, the horses that come out of this race. They're two-year-olds right now. Every horse on, on January 1, every horse on January 1 has a uh, a birthday, and that's where they turn three. Yeah. Even if the horse was born in June, yeah. the birthday is on, is, on, um, is on January 1. So these are the horses. So you really need to – if you like watching Kentucky Derby, this race is a precursor, and it's an early indicator of what's going to happen on the Kentucky Derby. So with that, uh, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I, I looked at all the horses uh, that are pre-entries because not everything is put in there yet. Um, and the, the, the top four horses I have are uh, – one of them's called – these are really hard, tough names, okay? <laughs> one of them – I'd hate to be a horse caller. One of them's called Muth, M-U-T-H. Um, he has the best time of any horse in the race. He, he, uh, he's the only horse – one of the only two horses that have ran the mile in the 16th, and that's what this race is. Um, he's a Baffert trainee, and he has the best time by over two seconds, and he is not the favorite. Okay? So uh, his name's Muth again, M-U-T-H. Definitely uh, write that name down. Three other contenders that I'm going to give you, one of them named Prince of Monaco. It's another Baffert trainee. He has like four in this race. Okay? Wow, uh, but he is the speed of the, he is the speed of the race. This dude's a bullet work. He's you know he's going from six to seven furlongs. He's going, he's stretching out. Uh, there's a horse named Timberlake and a horse named Locked. And the horse named Locked is an interesting horse. He's out of gun. He's a gun runner. Um, he's out of that uh, a bloodline, and he's a Pletcher trainee. Um, so I think those are going to be your four horses that you're really going to look at. With Muth being Muth M U T H being the the favorite. Um, so that's the the juvenile race, and those horses are the ones that will whoever wins this will have a ticket to the Kentucky Derby. Mm -hmm. Okay, the next race or the next big race we'll talk about is the Breeders' Club, Breeders' Cup Classic G One. And what this is, this is essentially all the great horses from the from twenty twenty three. They're in the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, the Belmont, the Travelers, the I mean everything, right? The Rebel back at Oakland. They they get invitations to run in this race. Um, the favorite in this race is Archangelo. If y'all, some of you may not know who Archangelo is, it is um, it was the maiden that won the Belmont and uh, was trained by the the female trainer, the first woman to ever win the Belmont. Since then, it's it's rebounded again and came and won the Jim Dandy at a record time. So this horse is up for Horse of the Year. It's not who I'm going with, but it's the it's going to be the favorite, right? And it's going to be probably one of the biggest favorites we've had in this race in the last three to four years. Um, the horse that I am going up with and I'm going to be watching is a horse by the name of Arabian Knight, mm -hmm. and he, you're going to get him like seven one to eight to one. It's um it's also a Bob Baffert trainee. What's interesting about this horse, Arabian Knight? He was my winner 
he was my pick for the um, for the Kentucky Derby last year when I watched him run in person at Oakland on the Southwest Day, um, which was the first big stakes that he won by ten links that day, I think. Um, but he got hurt, and so got hurt. He got inflamed, and Baffert put him on the shelf for the so for the year. So he's only ran four times in his entire career. His 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 last race he ran he ran he won by twenty links and. He has the, the typical Baffert running style where he runs one or two horses off for the lead. And I think he's going to not let these horses get away from him. And he's going to essentially just mow them down. And uh, it's a pretty cool name, Arabian Night, right? I mean, it sounds like an awesome horse. Um, but I think that's going to be the winner. There's two other horses in there that I would watch out for, right? Uh, the other two are White, a Barrio. And this horse is coming off a monster run um, where it ran a 116. It's a, it's a time figure. And you're going to get him about 8 to 10 to 1. And then some of you probably have heard of the horse Mage, won the Kentucky Derby last year. He's in it as well. He's been running. Hadn't been winning, but he's been running seconds and thirds in a lot of these races to Archangelo and Wada Barrio and things like that. But I think your, your money in this race is going to be Arabian, Arabian Nights. Tell me this, and it's interesting. You talk about you know Baffert had all that stuff kind of going back and forth, and mm-hmm. kept up as what I should have. But uh, where's he at in all this now? Kind of get us up there. So, I've been kind of out of loop on all that. He he served his his sentence <laughs> to say the least, right? And so you know where what he what he was uh, hit with was putting some medication on the horses to, to heal them while they were working out and things. And it was uh, running into their skin, right? Like soaking in their skin. And it was some sort of steroid that was on the banned list. But what he was doing is, I mean, his, he was saying, you know, it's from them rubbing and things like that. And it, and it helps with the inflammation. And so he got banned from Churchill Downs. Yeah. That's where he ran from. So okay. he'll have horses run all year, all across yeah. the country. But when yeah. he goes to Churchill Downs, they won't let him put his name on the horse. So what happens, you got to watch, and we talked about this last year, they'll, he'll put his his uh, apprentice trainer, <laughs> right, uh, as, as the trainer, and he'll, they'll still run, right? Um, but Baffert don't get all the glory and all that. But I, I believe this year his uh, his his sentence is done. And um, he is not going to lose any uh, of the of the uh, clientele. I'll tell you that because he gets the best of the best. And um, to be honest, uh, I think he is one of the better horsemen that take care of horses in the game. Uh, you know, last year he had a horse in, in one of the big races on, uh, I think it was Preakness Day Fall, break his legs. He left. Like, he left the races. And he still had the Preakness to go, right? I mean, he was, like, tore up. And so I think he – you know, I don't. I really don't think it was a bad deal. I think he was doing the right thing. It's just, you know, it was something that 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 he didn't think was a problem, and and it was a problem. Well, that, it's very interesting because he's. I mean, he is one of the best. And always got great races. Well, we're gonna miss you next week. So talk yeah. to our audience because you know, especially the, you know, that you we're into some horses here. Talk to us audience where they find you and your picks, and of course, with your your horse picks and. That yeah. yeah, so you know, Oakland, just so you know, Oakland literally is like five weeks out. Yeah, so um, if you go to Oakland, buy my uh tip sheets, triple crown 
tip sheet and it's hot pink right i made it hot pink for a reason um and so it's hot pink triple crown also i'll be posting on tiktok i'm doing it all for free this year um even though we had a really really bad week on um on uh the previous weekend i tore it up on monday night football go back and look at my tiktok you can see what we hit there we tore it up on last thursday night football hit a 10 to 1 where i gave y'all 7 to 1 and 6 to 1 we hit a 10 to 1 parlay and on those nights i played a lot more props you know props when i say props that's a certain receiver over a certain amount of yardage or a certain quarterbacks won't throw a certain amount of touchdowns. And so I'll play those and we have absolutely been tearing it up on Monday and Thursday, uh, Thursday night. So if you, if you got something, you want to watch the game, bet a little bit of money, get on, um, follow triple crown on TikTok, and about 30 minutes before the game, I'll throw the, I'll throw the pick out there. It won't be too early in the day because they move the odds move and I'll do it about 30 minutes before the game. Well, good deal. Well, we'll miss you next week, man. But, but yeah, man. If you need the picks, just follow him on TikTok, and he'll 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 have them out there for you. Well, well, Derek, good to see you. Hey, we'll see you in a couple of weeks, man. All right, thanks, Jeff. Please. See you guys. Three, two, one. Well, what a show, man. I mean, Bray the Mouse is still out on assignment. Maybe he'll get back in studio soon. We've uh, you know dropping. You know, Coach Must today also, and that's going to be a, what a great interview that is, and and I can't wait for our viewers and fans to to get to see that. But uh, you know, what a great show Brooks is coming on our show and yeah, talking well, about the Hogs and all the change ups going on, all the great high school games. Well, well, let's go ahead and finish this up, Bray. Tell us where, where our subscribers are jumping and uh, tell where they can find us and where to view. The, Especially Coach Musselman's interview yep. coming on Friday. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, Coach Muscle will be on uh, YouTube first. He'll be on there at our Coaches in the Mouth Pod. Uh, that's our handle. And, of course, we'll also be on um, X on our Coaches Pod. That's where you can find us there. And, of course, if you uh, search us up on Apple Podcast, Coaches in the Mouth will be, uh, we'll be live Friday. Well, that's going to be awesome. And, uh, man, week 10's coming up. We've got playoffs, you know, right around the up. corner. And basketball started. A lot of stuff going on. Coach Coach Bray, good luck to you this Friday. You've got a big game. Yes, we well, do. this is Coach Jeff Williams along with Coach Bray Cook, the mouse out on the assignment. We'll see you next time.